right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show, and I am broadcasting live from the Ma'arat HaMachpelah. I'm walking right now around the Ma'arat HaMachpelah. It's a sunny and hot day, and I'm standing right next to a crane, a beautiful crane, red-colored, and it's got those, like, legs out right now, four legs, like a spider kind of thing, um, uh, out, what maybe they're called, outriggers or something like that. Anyway, uh, they're out. And they're pressed down onto the floor, and our electrician at Marat Machpelah, Yair Eliyahu, is right now putting up brand new LED, powerful LED lights to light up the Marat Machpelah, the Tomb of the Patriarchs and Matriarchs. And the reason I'm so excited about that is because uh, this is all for, uh, in preparation of Parshat uh, Chayei Sarah, the Sabbath of the Torah portion of Chayei Sarah. And that Torah portion is the one where we read the purchase of Abraham, of this place, of this very, 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 very spot, um, when he negotiated with the Hittites and bought it in order to bury his beloved wife, Sarah. And uh, in the Oslo years, uh, they came up with this idea to actually celebrate the Sabbath by bringing people to the town. And back then, like two, 3,000 people showed up and it was huge. This year, the police have told me that they're expecting up to 50,000 people. And not only are they expecting 50,000 people to come and read the Torah portion of Chai Sarai and that purchase here, uh, but they're expecting, we're feeding these people, uh, which is a humongous logistical nightmare. Also, the roads to this place are not so easy. And so there's going to be some 4,000 police officers uh, spread out, ensuring that the roads are safe, that there's no traffic so we can get people here. And it's really a massive undertaking that's happening uh, right now this week. And for us, and for me personally, I'm looking right now at some of the signs that I helped create, uh, including there's a beautiful sign that I'm very proud of. It says, Shama Kavrut Avraham. The sign says, There they buried Abraham, Vetzaraishto, and Sarah's wife. Shama Kavrut Yitzchak Vetrivkaishto. There they buried Isaac and his wife Rivka, Vashama Kavarti and there I buried Leah. And that's a sign that I made, that I created. Um, and I'm so proud of that. That's, of course, not my words, though. It's a quote from the Torah, from Jacob's uh, kind of last will and testimony when he talks about how he, uh, how he uh, wants to be buried in Hebron even though he's dying in Egypt. And we also have another sign right here that I helped create. And it's a, it's a picture of the Rambam, and it says, On the ninth of Cheshvan, I left Jerusalem for Hebron, to kiss the tombs of my forefathers in, in the cave. I just so It's so powerful to hear the Rambam on a personal, emotional language. And that very day, I stood at the cave, and I prayed, thank God for everything. And that's a poster that we made. It's a big poster. And I'm so proud of little things like that because when you make a poster like that, people see it, people feel it, and we're getting connected uh, to the story. Moreover, right now, there are big flags coming down from the Marat. The truth is that I am extremely busy today. I am so busy. And yet I was like, I must make a show for my friends and, and connect them to the story. Uh, because it's such a powerful story. And, and the truth is, is that the story uh, of the purchase of Marat HaMachpelah, there's so many aspects of it. Obviously, one aspect is the land of Israel, the purchase of the land of Israel and Jewish rights to the land of Israel. And yet one aspect of the story, which I'm always stressing, is the love. 
the love, the simple love between men and women, the simple love that God created in this world in order to perpetuate families. Have you ever thought about that, that it's like it takes love to perpetuate the human race? That's, that's kind of what it takes. And, um, and this Torah portion is not just about the purchase of Maratha Machpelah, it's also the second part of it is, well, there's the purchase, then there's the burial, and then the next part is, find a wife for Rebecca, excuse me, find a wife for Isaac, who's going to be Rebecca, find a wife that would take the place of Sarah. Find somebody on that level. And so I, I want to tell you, I'm, I'm like literally walking around here, I see Jewish women praying, I see Jewish men praying, I see this crane here, and I'm telling you about the story, I'm footsteps away from this, these, this, 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 these couples that came together as a family to give birth to a nation. And, we're, and I'm seeing the, and it's hot out here, and I'm seeing our electrician put up the lights, and it's all happening together. And that's, that's another aspect of it all. Why is Shabbat Chayesara such a big deal? Because it all ties in together. The God above that created this world, the land of Israel underneath our feet, the Jewish people serving God and keeping going in the path of the people written in that ancient Torah, that Torah scroll with the ancient words, godly words being read here on Shabbat. It's a very powerful thing. It is the epitome of organic. It is the epitome of holistic. It is epitome of, of the natural order of things. And so therefore, it should not surprise you that everything I just said comes in stark contrast to the energy that the world wants to send us. Why do I say it shouldn't surprise you? Because it seems that there's an energy an antithetical energy to all that is good and holy. And so um, that energy uh, included just yesterday a group of 25 GMCs and Suburbans and uh, what are those, those big like American uh, uh, cars, all black and gray and bulletproof or rockproof, whatever they are, with these, like, marine-type guys, you know, these defense guys, the guys with the black glasses and the earpiece. And the American, the Israeli, the American embassy in Israel being toured in Hebron by Shavrim Shtika, breaking the silence. I have a, I call, sometimes I call them Shavrim Shtika, that's their name, which is, uh, both start with the letter S. I, I like to euphemistically call them the SS. And uh, this organization is dedicated to the anti-Israel narrative. They are European-funded, and they're staffed by Israelis who have um, become wayward. Wayward Jews is not a, a new category. It's an old category. And they are uh, staffing this thing, and they are teaching. They're, they're unteaching. When I say unteaching, I could use that in, in two meanings. First, it's the opposite of teaching. And second, it's also UN-style teaching, right? So unteaching. So that's exactly what's happening right now. It's unbible, unteaching, unhistory, right? Uh, and, and that's what's happening here. And, and not only that, but the Israeli government, you know, is allowing such a thing to take place. Even though this organization should not even be allowed to, to receive any funds. And so uh, they're here. So, so, so Parshat Chayesara, there's going to be 50,000 people coming here. There's going to be 4,000 police officers of the state of Israel defending this thing. There's going to be food. There's going to be reading. There's going to be organic feelings of, of connectivity 
uh, and it was going to be that that purchase, that ancient purchase. Who even the hell remembers the Canaanites and especially the Hittites? Who remembers them? We remember them. Uh, in some weird way, we actually give honor to those peoples and nations who are completely gone. We give them a kind of life. We remember who they were. Uh, and so on the one hand, we are giving all this life and all this life energy. And on the other hand, at that very same week, such a darkness. And when I saw them, now I hadn't seen them in like four years. Why? Because there was four years of Trump and there was one year of maybe five years already. I just can't, math doesn't work out for me because I think I saw them in five years ago. But it was Trump for four years and then there was like a year and a half of COVID. And so they weren't around. And suddenly this dark energy, I saw it yet again there to like pop my balloon and pop our collective balloons. Uh, but on the other hand, I must say that I think that um, the light will defeat the darkness. And so therefore I'm more concerned this week personally. And also I have more work personally to work on lighting it up rather than making it dark. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's how I'm feeling right now uh, here walking around, looking at the signs, looking at this crane, walking close to Marta Machpelah, looking for some shade out here. Um, and there's a lot of preparation work, including the fact that we're bringing in uh, about 250 folks from the United States of America on a, on a kind of group flight type of uh, paradigm uh, and, uh, you know, green passports and all that kind of stuff. And I don't even want to talk right now to you about, you know, what I think about what's going on right now with, with, um, with the issues of this green passport, what we call here Tavia Rok. Personally, I am very against what's going on here, and I think we are losing our liberty left and right here, and nobody's even talking the language of liberty anymore. And maybe on the next podcast, I'd love to talk with you about what I see as the Chinification of this world and the loss of liberty, uh, the loss of the consciousness of liberty, which is the same thing as the loss of liberty uh, that's happening right now en masse. I see that uh, en masse. Um, but at the same time, that is, again, not this week for me. For me, this week is a concentration on bringing out light, bringing all our guests in, bringing our VIPs in, bringing in, bringing in uh, the Shabbos. Uh, and another interesting uh, thing is that this year we're not going to have politicians. Why? Uh, because uh, we usually have a, about a tenth of the Knesset here, but this year we're not going to have politicians. Why? Because uh, we're afraid that the politicians uh, in the Israeli coalition will be booed and heckled, and we don't want that to happen here. We don't want the government of Israel to be booed and heckled here. We don't want our guests to be booed and heckled. We don't want Hebron to look like a place where people get booed and heckled. And therefore, we had to ask the coalition not to come in, and also, therefore, the opposition. We had to ask people just not to come in. And so, therefore, what we have a situation is that we are not going to have uh, uh, politicians in, but we have many important rabbis, including Rabbi Shmuel Eliyahu and others, are going to be here. And it's very, very exciting. As I'm, as I'm walking here, I'm, I'm really pacing back and forth. And as I'm trying to concentrate on, on recording for you, there's just so many things flashing through my mind, so many other things that I have to do uh, to get ready uh, for this holiday. So, oh, that's another interesting thing. Here's another little thought for you. The Arabs, with whom I speak with often, now have a name for this Shabbat. Like you would think, like I would have thought, I would have thought that they would detest the Shabbat and understand it to be an affront to the Palestinian narrative, an affront to um, uh, their personal you know, interest in, in seeing no settlers here and all that kind of stuff. And yet, what's so interesting, really fascinating, is that I found out that for the Arabs, 
they actually have a name for this Shabbat, and it is Eid Sarah, which means the holiday of Sarah. They understand that we're actually celebrating Sarah. They think it's like Sarah's birthday or something. They don't understand that we're actually reading a Torah portion that, that, that speaks, of, speaks of this place. They think it's the holiday that we celebrate Sarah. But I was overjoyed at this thing because, because first thing, it proves once again that when we go biblical, there is respect. And that's the other side of it, which I didn't say. The Arabs actually respect this holiday and are kind of not there to totally block it and stuff. They're just like, oh, this is Eid Sarah. This is an important... We, we also believe in Sarah and therefore we have to honor her as well. So there's this like general feeling around we're like, okay, we're going to honor this thing. We're not going to try to, to block it. And so, because it's not like a nationalistic thing, but a religious thing. So it's Eid Sarah. Eid, like, like Eid al-Fitr, Eid al-Adcha. This means holiday in Arabic. In any case... Uh, that is the power of a strong culture, people. That is the power of a strong culture when you have a strong holiday and the police are with you and, and, and they see the religious aspect of it and they see the financial aspect of it and they see the strength behind it. They say, ah, this is a holy thing. This is a successful thing. And that's the way Israel has to be, not ambivalent, but rather unambivalent, clear. And so therefore, suddenly in the minds of the Arabs, this makes perfect sense. It's called Eid Sarah. And I'm excited for Eid Sarah. And I'm excited for that, for even that idea, like the holiday celebrating Sarah. What a beautiful, I mean, I mean, you go to these, like, these Jewish museums, they're like, and Judaism is anti-feminist, it's, uh, it, it, it uh, suppressed women's names. I'm like, you guys are a bunch of hooey dummies, okay? Instead of, like, actually celebrating what we actually celebrate, which is so big, which is we have a holiday now, the Arabs understand it as a holiday, the Torah portion's all about amazing, strong, and beautiful women, uh, uh, Sarah and Rivka, and, 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 and the power of these women to purchase the land of Israel, to, 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 to give birth to a nation, etc., 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 to direct the nation, so many ways. It's just so, such an absurdity to waste time and try to paint the Jewish people as, as like, you know, anti-woman. It's just like, are you joking me? The whole Torah portion is, is, is dedicated to... Like, 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 there's, I don't think there's, there's no Torah portion named Abraham, you know, but there's a Torah portion named, named Chai Sarah, and, and everybody understands the power of the celebration. Any case, if I'm rambling, it's because there's a lot of thoughts right now, uh, in my mind, and the Torah portion itself, there's so much to say, uh, about the, the, the purchase of Marat HaMachpelah, but I do want to say one Torah thought, and I, you know, I can walk over to the tent here, uh, and, and find it, uh, in the, in the book. So I'm going to go to the prayer tent. You're walking with me in the prayer tent right now. I actually found a little walking stick as I was recording this with you. So you can hear the little tapping of the, of the walking stick. And I saw a Bereshit book somewhere here. Where was it? We're wa- oh, there it is. There's the Bereshit book. We're walking together. We're standing right in front of the tomb. <sighs> the living tomb, right? Of, um, of uh, the, the f- forefathers and mothers. I mean that they're not really dead. They're, they're alive. Um... Somebody told me yesterday, somebody says to me, you know, uh, you know, are there bones down there? I'm like, who, look, who knows so much about burial of the forefathers and mothers? And I was mimicking uh, the princess bride. And I said, of course, there's no bones. In any case, um, um, here's the thing I wanted to teach you. I want to learn with you. That's the, that's the correct way to say it. And it's true. It says, we, we meet this guy Ephron. And Ephron, he's, he is, uh, Rabbi Nachman explains, Ephron means he's the embodiment of the earth itself. 
Afar means dust. He is the embodiment of the dust itself. It's as, as though he's ne- Abraham's negotiating with the earth itself. And in any way, it says, um, it says, Ephron, Yoshev betoch b'nei chet. Ephron is sitting amongst the Hittites. V'yan Ephron achiti. And Ephron achiti, the Hittite, heard Abraham. And he answers him, Be'oznei b'nei chet. He answers him in the ears of all the gatherers, the Hittites. Lechol ba'ei shar iro le'emo. To all the comers of his the gate of his city saying. Now, what is the term gate of his city? You could say, let's say you're a New Yorker or a Jerusalemite. You could say, I'm a Jerusalemite, this is my city. Or if you're a New Yorker, you say, I'm a New Yorker, this is my city. Fine. But it could also mean, when I say it's my city, it could also mean that I'm actually the purveyor, the owner of the city, right? I could say, uh, uh, when I say uh, it's my city, I mean like, it's my city. I'm the mayor. For example, if you're the mayor of, of Jerusalem, you could say, oh, it's my city. Or, I don't know, uh, if you you know if you know own a house, you could say, it's my house. Similarly, Ephron says, he says, he, he speaks in front of the folks at the gate of his city. And the reason I say that is because, hold on, I don't want to lose my place here. And the reason I say that is because Uri Tzvi Greenberg, the famous Israeli poet, uh, once wrote very famously in Israel that he, he who controls the Temple Mount controls Jerusalem and controls the land of Israel. And so too, I think that when it says that Ephron the Hittite uh, says, um, uh, he says, when he speaks in the ears of all the Hittites, all that come to his, the gate of his city, what it means is he actually owns the city of Hebron because he owns the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs. He owns that most important spot, that most important part of the city, which means that he has got control of the full city. Why am I saying all this? Because then it says, finally, after the purchase, it says that the purchase went to Abraham, Avraham. He purchased the, the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs, the place. Le to a preferred purchase, le to the eyes of the Hittites, bechol and all the people that come into Shar Iro, that it now becomes that it's now the gate of his city, i.e. Abraham's city, i.e. Abraham. He now is the owner and purveyor of Hebron because he purchased this one spot. This is the most important spot, and our rabbis teach us that there are three such spots. One is the tomb of Joseph. In Shechem, Shechem, one is the Temple Mount, King David's purchase um, uh, of the place of the three temples, the first, second that stood, and the third one that will stand. And, of course, the first purchase of the Jewish people in the land of Israel, that is Marat Machpelah, and it is because of that that he purchased it, that he, it is his city. Hebron is the city of Abraham. That's exactly as the Torah tells us. It is now his city. And that is the grip that the Jewish people need on the land of Israel in order to fulfill God's vision uh, for this land. We have to hold on to Shechem. We have to hold on to Yerushalayim. And we have to hold on to uh, uh, Hebron. So Hebron is in medium shape. We own the, the, we control the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs and there's a Jewish community here. But it's surrounded by, by unfriendlies and, and it's not a simple situation for the Jews here. The Temple Mount, well, we're barely allowed to pray there and it's really a big Muslim shrine. And the tomb of Joseph destroyed, uh, and barely can we pray there. So the point is, is that the enemies of Israel are well aware of the power of these places. They're well aware of the power of these places. They understand what it really means, and they understand how 
uh, how it really operates. I have to go now uh, because I have to uh, walk with the police to prepare something for Shabbat. So I want to really thank you uh, so much for being with me. I want to thank uh, the supporters of the show, like Prohibition Pickle, uh, who make great Shabbos treats. And we're going to get some stuff out to Jews in these communities in Judea and Samaria uh, from Prohibition Pickle soon. Uh, I want to thank all the supporters of the show. Uh, who send donations through ishaifleischer.com. Really appreciate it. I want to thank uh, the Land of Israel Network for being the host of our uh, network, of, uh, of the host of our shows here. Um, and I want to thank jewishpress.com for sending out my show every single week. And I want to thank God Almighty for the big schut of uh, being able to teach the Torah of the forefathers and mothers uh, from this place. And it's just uh, such an honor to be able to have even the smallest role in, in this great story. So I want to thank all of you for being with me, and I want to wish you a Shabbat Shalom. And please, friends, do me one favor. Raise a glass to the Maratha Machpelah and to the Jews uh, of the land of Israel and Judea and Samaria, and especially of Hebron, for being strong. Do me a favor, raise a glass this Friday night, preferably a glass of a wine from Judea, and say L'chaim, and say to yourself that we are part of this thing together, wherever we are. Just wherever you are out there, you know, if you're in California or in Toronto or, or I don't know, in an Arab country or wherever you are, raise up your glass this Friday night uh, and just say, L'chaim, I'm with you. That's all I'm asking. That we have uh, a togetherness in this effort out there. And that's going to be uh, the most um, gratifying thing of all, as Tevye would say. Okay, folks, more great stuff is in the way. God bless you. Stay strong. Stay connected. Stay part of the program. And Shalom. You're listening to the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com, broadcasting the truth and beauty of Israel to the world.